بسم الله الرحمن الرحيم وبارك على نبينا محمد وعلى اله وصحبه وسلم تسليما كثيرا بارك الله لنا ولشيخنا وللمستمعين والمسلمين يقول الشيخ الامام المجدد محمد بن عبد الوهاب رحمه الله تعالى في رسالته اداب المشي الى الصلاه قال ويستحب ان يقوم اليها اليها عند قول المؤذن قد قامت الصلاه إن كان الإمام في المسجد وإلا إذا رآه قيل للإمام أحمد قبل تكبير تقول شيئا قال لا إذ لم ينقل عن النبي صلى الله عليه وسلم ولا عن أحد من أصحابه ثم يسوي الإمام الصفوف بمحاذات المناكب والعقل ويسن تكميل الصف الأول فالأفضل فالأول ويسن تكميل الصف الأول فالأول وتراصر المأمومين وصد خلل السفوف ويمنة كل صد أفضل وقرب الأفضل من الإيمان لقوله صلى الله عليه وسلم ليلني منكم كل الأحلام والنهى وخير سفوف الرجال أولها وشروها آخرها وخير سفوف النساء آخرها وشروها أولها ثم يقول وهو قائم مع القدرة الله أكبر لا يجزئه غيرها والحكمة في افتتاحها بذلك ليستحضر عظمة من يقوم بين يديه فيخشع فإن مد حمزة الله أو أكبر أو قال أكبار لم تنعقد والأحرص يحرم بقلبه ولا يحرك ولا يحرك لسانه وكذا حكم القراءة والتسبيح وغيرهما ويسن جحر الإيمان بالتكبير لقوله صلى الله عليه وسلم إذا كبر الإيمان فكبروا وبالتسميع لقوله صلى الله عليه وسلم وإذا قال الله وإذا قال سمي الله لمن حمد فقولوا ربنا ولك الحمد بسم الله الرحمن الرحيم الحمد لله نحمده ونستعينه ونستغفره ونعوذ بالله من شرور انفسنا وسيئات اعمالنا ونشهد ان لا اله الا الله وحده لا شريك له له الملك وله الحمد وهو على كل شيء قدير ونشهد ان محمدا عبد الله وخليله ورسوله ارسله رحمه للعالمين فبلغ الرساله وادى الامانه ونصح للامه وجاهد في الله حق جهاده صلوات الله وسلامه عليه ورضوانه جل وعلا على صحابة محمد الذين آمنوا به وهاجروا معه وإليه وجاهدوا معه وبعده وجدوا حتى نشروا هذا الدين وفتح الله جل وعلا بهم القلوب والبلاد فاللهم ارضى عنهم واجعلنا من محبيهم من مقتدين بهم يا ذا الجلال والإكرام يقول الشيخ رحمه الشيخ الاسلام رحمه الله عليه مجدد دعوه السلفيه محمد بن عبد الوهاب بن سليمان التميمي يستحب ان يقوم اليها عند قول المعدن قد قامت الصلاه يقول النبي صلى الله عليه وسلم لا تقوموا حتى تروني يعني إذا رأيتم الإمام تهيأ للصلاة فقوموا 
كلمة قد قامت هاي تشعر بأنها على وشك أن تبدأ لكن لم يرد بهذا النص حديث عن النبي صلى الله عليه وسلم بأنه يقوم لها لكنه لما يقال قد قامت هذا إشعار وإبلاغ وإيذان بأن الصلاة على وشك أن يدخل الناس فيها يقول إن كان الإمام في المسجد وإلا إذا رآه الناس إذا كان الإمام في المسجد قبل الإقامة وتكلم المؤذن في الإقامة يتهيأ يعني بمجرد ما يقول حي على الصلاة هذا ندى للإقدام عليها حي على الفلاح أي على هذا الفلاح العظيم الذي هو مناجاة الله جل مناجاة الله جل وعلا يقول فإن كان في المسجد وإلا إذا رأوا قيل الإمام أحمد بن حنبل هل هناك دعاء يقال قبل التكبير يعني لمن يكون في المسجد أو لمن يصنع الأذان فقال لا يعني لا أعلم عن الذي قال شيء من ذلك يبقى فيما يتعلق بالإقامة الإقامة أذان الإقامة أذان والنبي يقول صلى الله عليه وسلم بين كل أذانين صلاة والمقصود بالأذانين الأذان والإقامة لأن الأذان هو الإعلام الأذان إعلام لما يكون بعده فالإقامة إعلام بأن الصلاة الدخول في الصلاة قد حان إذن السامع للمقيم يسلم له أن يقول كما يقول الإمام كما يقول المؤذن الله أكبر الله أكبر يقول المستمع في المسجد الله أكبر أو في الطريق الله أكبر إذا قال حي على الصلاة يقول بدل حي على الصلاة يقول لا حول ولا قوة إلا بالله يعني أنا ممتثل بهذا الطلب لكن الحول والقوة بالله جل وعلا وإذا لم يخوني ما فعل فإذا قال قد قامت الصلاة يقول مثله قد قامت الصلاة ولم يرد نص بخلاف ذلك ثم بقية النداءات يقول كما يقول المؤذن فإذا انتهى صلوا له إذا قال لا إله إلا الله أن يقولها وإذا صلى على النبي صلى الله عليه وسلم كما يفعل عندما يسمع المؤذن فعل والنبي ذكر أن من جاوب الإناء المؤذن كما ورد عنه ثم قال اللهم رب هذه الدعوة التامة والصلاة القائمة آتي محمدا الوسيلة والفضيلة فبعث مقام الحمد لله وعدته يقول عليه الصلاة والسلام من قالها مؤمنا بها حلت له شفاعتي وكل واحد يتمنى ويرى ويحرص على أن يدرك يحصل شفاعة النبي صلى الله عليه وسلم يقول لا قال لا يقول شيخ الاسلام اذ لم ينقل عن النبي ولا عن احد من اصحابه ما نقل ان عليه اذا اقام الانسان يقول اللهم اقمها واعدمها او اللهم اجعلها اقامه ثانيه كل هذا لم يرد ولذلك ان جاوب المؤذن بس فكفى يقول ثم يسوي الامام الصفوف يعني على الامام مطلوب منه أن يقول الناس 
يعني استقيموا احرصوا على تعديل الصف ان يكون مستقيما لا يكون احد متقدم واحد يتاخر في الصف الواحد وكيف يكون ذلك قال بمحاذاه المناكب ان يكون كتف الواحد بجانب كتف من عن يمينه او عن شماله وان تكون الاقدام تكون قدم الشخص اليمنى بجانب قدمه مصافه الذي على يمينه واليسرى تكون بجانب قدم من يصاف على جهه على يساره حتى يكون الصف مستقيما لمحاذاه المناكب والاقرب ثم يقول هنا ويستنتج من الصف الاول فالاول يعني ينبغي للناس الحاضرين للصلاه ان يهتموا باتمام كل صف لا يبدا الناس بالصف الثاني والصف الاول لم يكتمل ولا يبداون بالصف الثالث والصف الثاني لم يكتمل النبي قال لاصحابه لا تصفون كما تصف الملائكه عند ربها قال وكيف يصفون قالوا فلا يكملون الصف الاول فالاول ولذلك لا يصلح ان الناس يبدأون بالصف الثاني الصف الأول لم يتم ويسن تكمل الصف الأول في الأول والتراص يعني وتراص المأمومين وسد الخلل الذي أمرهم بأن يتراصوا ويقول إني أرى مروح الشيطان بين بين الصفين كما تمرق صغار الغنم يعني في الفتحات لا تجعل بينك وبين مصافك فتحة لو شاء أحد أن يدخل دخل أو شيء من هذا لا يكون الناس متلاصقة صفوفهم يقول يسن تكبير الصف الأول قالوا يسن معنى أن هذا لو ما لو ما كمل الصف والصف الثاني وهو ما كمل الأول لا يقال باطلة لا يكون لكن يقال أن هؤلاء الذين أنشأوا الصف الثاني والصف الاول لم يتم قد اساءوا في هذا العمل. والصلاه صحيحه. قال ويمنه وسد الخلل ينبغي للمصلين ان يتفاهموا ايضا فيما بينهم. الذي لما راى مره من المرات لما ظن ان الناس استقاموا وعرفوا ما يلزم لهذه الصلاه من التلاصق في الصف. فالتفت وإذا يرى رجلا قد ظهر صدره متقدما عن استقامة الصف فشدد عليهم النبي عليه الصلاة والسلام وقال لا تختلف يعني في صفوفكم فتختلف قلوبكم فتختلف قلوبكم لأن الناس إذا اختلفوا عن اتباع السنة أوشكوا أن يختلفوا أيضا في التعاون على الخير والهدى يقول ويامنة كل صف أفضل. إن ينبغي للإنسان أن يحرص أن يصف في الصف في أيمن الصف. لكن لا يكون يسعى فيتم أيمن الصف وأيسر ليس فيه، لا ينبغي أن يكون الصف معتدل. إذا كان خلف الإمام في الصف ما يحاذيه من خلفه 
ثم عن يساره مثلا عشرة لا يصلح أن يكون الذي على اليمين عشرين أو ثلاثين لا ينبغي أن يحرص كل واحد على أن يوجد التناسق في الصف ويملك كل صف أفضل وقرب الأفضل من الإمام ليس معنى من يتقدم من الصف لا احرص على أن تأتي مبكرا لتشغل الصف الأول فما دام أن السنة أن تشغل الصفوف الأول والذي قال في أمره للناس ليلني منكم أولو الأحلام والنهى يعني الناس الذين ارتفعت سنهم ولذلك كان الصحابة يجعلون الفتيان يصفون في الصف الثاني وإذا فرض أن في فتيان ومن دونهم صف الأطفال الصغار في الصف الثالث وهكذا وقرب الإمام الأفضل من الإمام لقوله لينني منكم أولو الأحلام هذا في عموم صفوف الرجال قال وخير صفوف الرجال أولها إذا لما تأتي المسجد وتجد الصف الأول والثاني والثالث ولو شئت لا دخلت في الصف الأول في أيمنه أو أيسره لا تصف الثاني أو الثالث وأنت تجد مكانا في الصف الأول لأنك تفوت هذه الفضيلة على نفسك وهذه الفضائل ينبغي أن الناس يتقصدوها قال وخير الصفوف الرجال أولها وشرها آخرها لما فرضنا وليس أنها شر لكن أقلها خيرا لكن أقلها خيرا الصفوف المتأخرة فلن دخلت المسجد مثلا كما مسجد مثل هذا الجامع وتجد أن الصفاء العاشر ليس فيه إلا علم قليل والصفوف المتقدمة فيها فراغات ينبغي أن يكون همك أن تملأ الفراغات الموجودة في الصفوف إذا كان الصف الأول فيه فراغات لم تشغل فبادر إليه وإذا لم يكن ففي الثاني وهكذا لا تذهب للعاشر والتاسع وما فوق ذلك وأنت تجد الصفوف الأول مكانا يسعك وخير صفوف الرجال أولها وشرها آخرها لأن هذا الذي يتأخر ويفوت على نفسه الفضيلة ثم يتركها مع إمكانه أن يدركها هذا يكون متساهل ومن فاته الخير فقد ضعف خذره وقل تحصيله من أسباب السعادة ثم في بالنسبة للنساء وشر وخير صفوف النساء وشر وخير صفوف النساء آخرها يعني ما كان أبعد من الرجال بالنسبة للنساء فهو أفضل لهن هذا إذا كان الرجال والنساء يصلون في مصلى واحد لا شك أن النساء لا تدخل تصلي في الصفوف مع الرجال والصف الواحد يكون فيه رجال ونساء لا هذا أمر لا يصح لكن إذا دخلت المرأة ووجدت فراغات فيما بين النساء والرجال لا تذهب للمتقدم كلما كانت في الصف المؤخر كان ذلك افضل لها 
لأنها تكون أبعد عن الرجال حيث لا يسمعون صوتها المرأة مأمورة لأن لا ترفع صوتها بين الرجال ولذلك أمر النبي صلى الله عليه وسلم من أراد أن ينبه الإمام إذا أخطأ في الصلاة في قيام بدل الجلوس وأمثال ذلك ألا تنادي النساء تقول سبحان الله لا وإنما تصفق النساء ولذلك لما صلوا خلف النبي صلى الله عليه وسلم ساعة في صلاته قال صفق بعضهم بيده فلما سلم النبي قال لا لماذا؟ إنما التصفيق للنساء إذا ناب أحد ناب الإمام شيء في صلاته فليسبح الرجال يعني فليقول سبحان الله الإمام يعرف أي إمام يعلم أن هذا التسبيح تنبيه له أما النساء فلأن أصواتهن تؤثر في من يسمعها فنهيت المرأة عن الكلام فإنما تصفق ولذلك يقول التصفيح للنساء يعني تصفيح تصفيق البليغ فشر صفوف النساء أولها وخيرها آخرها كلما كانت الواحدة أبعد عن الرجال كلما كان ذلك أثقالها وأقل الرسالة فترة منها قال ثم يقول أي الإمام وهو قائم يعني مع القدرة وقوله مع القدرة يعني الذي قال بالنسبة للفرائض صلي قائما صلي قائما فإن لم تستطع قاعدا أو جالسا فإن لم تستطع على جنب يعني لا يلزم الواحد أن يقوم يصلي الصلاة قائما إذا كان عاجز لا يقدر لكن لا يحل له أن يصلي جالسا وهو يستطيع أن يؤدي الصلاة قائما. فأنت يقول الإمام مع القدرة الله أكبر. هذه الكلمة الله أكبر يعني التي هي من لفظين مبتدا وخبر الله يعني أكبر أكبر من كل شيء سبحانه وتعالى. كما قال النبي صلى الله عليه وسلم لعدي بن حاتم الطائي لما انهزموا في قتالهم للنبي صلى الله عليه وسلم وفر قال له النبي وما يفرك؟ يفرك ان يقال الله اكبر اتعلم اكبر من الله؟ الى اخره فيجب على المصلي اماما او غير اماما ان يفتتح صلاته بالله اكبر يقول افتتاحها التكبير تحريمها يعني يجعله دخل في الصلاه وهو اذا دخل في الصلاه لا يصلح ان يدخل فيها شيئا ليس من اعمال الصلاه قال يقول مع القدره الله اكبر لا يجزئها غيره لا يصلح ان يقول الله كبير او ربنا الاكبر لا ياتي باللفظ الذي جاء عن رسول الله صلى الله عليه وسلم الله اكبر لا يجزئها غيره قال الحكمه في افتتاحها والحكمة في افتتاحها افتتاح الصلاة يعني البدء بها بذلك يستحضر المصلي موقفه ليستحضر في ذهنه 
شرف المقام الذي قامه الان لانه قام يريد ان يحدث خالق الكون ومدبره يتخاطبان عندما يسمع ليس يقول عاد اياك يخاطب ربه يقول والحكمه في استحي بذلك ليستحضر عظمه من يقوم بين يديه لماذا اذا استنكر الشخص في موقفه عظمه من وقف مطيعا له ليخاطبه ليمدحه ويثني عليه ليتعهد له بالالتزام بطاعته وشعر بالهيبه العظيمه تادب مع الله جل وعلا وصار همه ان يسكن هذه العباده ويحسن عداها ثم قال عظمه من يقوم بين يديه فيخشى لان الخشوع اشعار النفس بالخوف والذلة والطمع والرجاء. يعني واحد يكون في صلاته جامعا بين الخوف من الله والرجاء من الله ان يعفو عنه ويغفر له وان ييسر لها اسباب دخول الجنه لان اشرف كسب يدركه العبد في حياته وبعد حياته ان يفوز بدخول الجنه لان الله يقول فمن زحزح عن النار وادخل الجنه فقد فاز. هذا هو الفوز يقول ولا فيخشع فان مدها مد الله او مد اكبر لم تصح هذه العمليه لم يصح ذلك العمل لابد ان ياتي باللفظ الله ما يقول الله لان كلمه الله تجمع بين استفهام مبطن يعني هل الله اكبر ما يصل بل عليها ان يقول الله اكبر لا يدخل على اللفظ شيء جديد اما لو قال الله اكبر مدها مد ما صحت الصلاه ولو قال الله اكبر ما صحت الصلاه لابد ان ياتي بهذا اللفظ الذي بلغ الناس وبلغهم بخبر الرسول الله صلى الله عليه وسلم لابد منه قال والحكمه الى اخره فان مد همزه الله او اكبر او قال اكبر لم تنعقد ما صحت الصلاه اصلا لكن ماذا نقول في الاخرس اللي ما ياتي يستطيع ان ينطق او لا يقدر ان ينطق الله اكبر عاجزا هو من النطق بها الله يقول فاتقوا الله ما استطعتم والنبي يقول صلوات الله وسلامه عليه اذا امرتكم بامر فاتوا منه ما استطعتم يعني لا يكلف الله نفسا الا وسعها يقول والاخرس يحرم بقلبه يعني اللسان قد يكون متحركا لكن متحركا لا ياتي بالفاظ خلاص لا اذا كان يحسن ان نطلب الكلمه ياتي بها واذا كان لا يستطيع ينوي بقلبه يعتقد بقلبه انه دخل في هذه العباده يحرم بقلبه وكذا حكم القراءه والتسبيح اذا كان لا يقدر القراءه لا يعرف لا يستطيع ابدا ان يقرا ولا يستطيع ان يسبح 
يعني كما تعلمون بعض الناس يكون عقد الله لسانه لا ينطق بحرف لا يقال هذا لا يصلي لا هذه الحركه مطلوبه كيف كيف ما يستطيع ربنا سبحانه وتعالى لا يؤاخذنا بما نعجز عنه وانما يؤاخذنا بالتقصير فيما يقدر عليه قال وكذا حكم القراءه والتسبيح وغيرهما اي في هذا من كان يحضر عليه قال ويسن جهر الامام بالتكبير لانه لو دخل الامام ولا يكبر لكن لم يرفع صوته ولم يسمعه اكثر الناس ماذا تكون الصلاه صحيحه الا ان الامام يكون قصر في ذلك قال ويسن جهر الامام بالتكبير لقول النبي صلى الله عليه وسلم اذا كبر فكبروا اذا كبر النبي قال انما جعل الامام انما جعل الامام يكون اماما للناس في صلاتهم للاقتداء به في اعمال الصلاه ولذا قال النبي اذا كبر الامام ما قال كبروا اذا دخلتم في الصف لا انظروا ماذا يقول الامام فاذا كبر الامام بالدخول هذه العباده فكبروا حتى الانتقالات اللي بعدها لم يقل واذا كبر ركعا فكبروا وانما قال للخروج من الركوع الى القيام قال واذا ركع وقال سمع الله لمن حمده فقولوا ربنا لك الحمد لله قال فاذا اذا كبر الامام فكبروا وبالتسميع الذي ما قال اذا ركع فكبروا اذا كبر راكعا لا قال واذا ركع فاركعوا ولذلك لو ركع الامام ولم يرفع صوته بالتكبير وركع الناس او رفع من السجود ولم يرفع صوته لكن انتبه الناس ورفعوا الصلاه صحيحه لكن الامام يكون مقصرا بهذا التصرف والصلاه حديثه لكن في السجود في الركوع عليه ان يقول الامام سمع الله الحمد يعني لما يركع الواحد يثني على الله بخرافه وسبحان ربي العظيم سبحان ربي العظيم يقررها لماذا يقولها يعني يقولها ليبدي ان الله هو العظيم كل خير منه وكل شر انما يدفع بتدبيره جل وعلا ولذلك لما يرفع سمع الله لمن حمده يعني استجاب الله دعاء من حمده لأن الإنسان لما يذكر الصلاة يحمد الله يقول الحمد لله سيأتي لها إشارة يقول وإذا قال سمع الله لمن حمده فقولوا ربنا ولك الحمد الإنسان سمع الله لمن حمده يجب أن يقولها الإمام يجب أن يقولها المنفرد ليصلي وحده من الرجال والنساء ربنا لك الحمد أو ربنا ولك الحمد أو اللهم ربنا لك الحمد أو اللهم ربنا ولك الحمد كلها لوالدة هذه يقولها المأمون ولا حرج أن يقولها الإمام يكمل ما قال ولا حرج أن يقولها المأمون تكميل ربنا لك الحمد ربنا لك الحمد حمدا كثيرا طيبا إلى آخره كما قد يعني 
هذا مجمل ما يتعلق في بداية الصلاة هي أعظم أركان الإسلام بعد الشهادتين والشهادة الثانية لا بد أن تأتي في الصلاة لأن لا تصح صلاة الواحد حتى يقول في صلاته أشهد أن لا إله إلا الله وحتى يقول في صلاته وأشهد أشهد أن محمد رسول الله إذا الشهادتان لا بد من وجودهما في الصلاة ولذلك الصلاة هي أعظم أركان الإسلام تجمع الشهادتين مع الصلاة العظيمة كما سيأتي في تفصيل في ذلك وكنا نقف عند خطوة كل جزئية من هذه الرسالة لمصلحتنا في الاستذكار ما ينبغي أن نكون عليه في هذه العبادة إذن ينبغي للواحد عندما يأتي ليدخل في هذه العبادة أن يأتي وهو مستشعر أنه سيقف يناجي ربه يناجيه أولا يبدأ بالحمد كما سيأتي الحمد لله فيزيد يقول الرحمن الرحيم في الحديث إذا قال العبد الحمد لله رب العالمين قال الله حامدني عبدي إذا قال الرحمن الرحيم قال أثنى علي عبدي إذا قال مالك يوم الدين قال أمجدني عبدي إذا قال إياك نعبد وإياك نستعين قال الله هذا بيني وبين عبدي إن صدق في عبادته لله فالله ما يضيع أجر من أحسن عمله نقف عند هذا الوقت يسر معموم ومنفرد ويرفع يديه من دين الاخره للدرس القادم اذا ابقانا الله جل وعلا جميع الله واسال الله ان يبارك لنا فيما نقرا وما نسمع وان تكون نياتنا مشتمله على الرغبه في مرضاه الله ورجاء عفو الله جل وعلا وان يفقهنا في ديننا فإن الإنسان إذا الله وفقه فقهه في الدين، ليس معناه أن يصير عالما من الفقهاء، لا، أن يكون فاهما للدين، مهتما بأدائه، حريصا على إكماله على الوجه التي بلغتنا من أخبار رسول الله صلى الله عليه وسلم، أسأل الله بأسمائه وصفاته أن يصلح حالنا جميعا، وأن يهدينا سواء السبيل، وأن يغفر لنا جميعا، ويغفر لأمواتنا وأحيائنا. وأن يصلحنا ويصلح ذرياتنا وأن ينصر دينه ويعلي كلمته ويقبل أعداءه وأن يجيرنا من الفتن ما ظهر منها وما وأن ينصر الإسلام والمسلمين في كل مكان وأن يكشف عنهم كل ضراء ومحنة وكل مصيبة وذنوة بمنه وكرمه كما أسره سبحانه أن ليحبط كيد الاعداء من اليهود والنصارى وسائر الكفار وان يرينا فيهم اثار قدرته لانه لا مامل لنا ان يكون الكفار اخوانا لنا الا بالاسلام لان الله يقول من يبتغي غير الاسلام دينا فلن يقبل منه ويقول عن الكفار واساس الكفار واصله و أعلاهم قدرا في الكفر اليهود والنصارى وقد قال الله ولن ترضى يعني عنك يا محمد ولن ترضى عنك اليهود ولا النصارى حتى تتبع ملتهم يعني ما يرضيهم شيء 
لا تقول أنا معكم في كذا وفي كذا وأنا أسندكم في هذا المجال وأنا أسعى معكم في رفع المجاعة عن بلادكم أو كف الأذى عنكم لا مهما فعلت لا يرضيهم إلا أن تكفر الله يقول عنهم عموم وادروا تكفرون كما كفروا فتكون سواء ولذلك لا أمل لنا وينبغي أن لا يكون أن نقنع بالكفار أن يمحضون عن نصيحة أو أن يهتموا بنصرنا على عدونا مهما كان العدو نصرانيا أو يهوديا أو وثنيا وإننا علينا أن نحرص على إرضاء ربنا جل وعلا ليدافع عنا والله يقول إن الله يدافع عن الذين آمنوا كما أسأل الله جل وعلا صفاته أن يحفظ هذه البلاد المملكة العربية السعودية ويجيرها من الفتن ما ظهر منها وما وأن يجيرها من كيد الأعداء والأصدقاء وأن يحقق ذلك للمسلمين في كل مكان في شرق البلاد الإسلامية وغربها وشمالها جنوبها منها وكرمها إنه مجيب الدعاء والحمد لله رب العالمين Shaykh Habib Allah Ta'ala began by praising Allah Azza wa Jal. We seek refuge in Allah, we seek forgiveness from Allah Azza wa Jal and we seek refuge in Allah from our deeds. We bear witness that there is no deity worthy of worship except Allah Azza wa Jal. He is alone and He has no partners and we bear witness that Muhammad Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam is a slave and messenger and the individual who Allah held dear. He gave, or He was sent as a mercy to mankind. He gave the message, He fulfilled the trust, and He fought in the way of Allah Azawajal. And may Allah Azawajal be pleased with His companions, those who believed in Him and migrated with Him and fought during His time and after His death. And they were sincere until the religion was spread. And Allah Azawajal opened by way of the companions. Allah opened the hearts and He opened the lands. May Allah Azawajal make us from amongst those who truly love the companions of the Prophet Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam. Shaykh Muhammad Ibn Abdul Wahab Rahim Allah Ta'ala, the reviver of the Da'wah to Salafiyyah, he mentioned in his treaties on the etiquette of walking to the prayer, that it is recommended that an individual stands to the prayer when they hear the statement of the Mu'addin, the prayer has been established. If the Imam is in the Masjid, or, uh, and if the Imam is not in the Masjid, when they see the Imam. The Shaykh mentioned, Habib Allah Ta'ala, that the Prophet wasallam said, do not stand until you see me. So if the Imam is in the Masjid, the people stand once they see the Imam at the time of the prayer. But if the Imam is not in the Masjid, then they stand, or if they don't see the Imam, if they don't have the ability to see the Imam, then they stand when they hear the statement, the prayer has been established. And the Shaykh Hadith Allah Ta'ala explained that there is no absolute proof in this regard. We don't have a statement from the Prophet Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam that says, 
when you hear the muaddin say that a prayer has been established you don't have a proof to say that you should stand when the muaddin says that but in general this statement of the muaddin is informing that the prayer is about to begin so it is uh, perfectly fine that the people stand up when they hear that statement of the muaddin and he mentioned he reiterated that if uh, you see the imam in the masjid and the prayer is going to begin then likewise you would stand up for the prayer then he mentioned the statement that was it was mentioned or the question that was mentioned to imam ahmad rahimahullah ta'ala where someone said to him if you uh, now before the takbir meaning before the commencing of the prayer do you say something and Imam Ahmed and the person was saying do you, is there a supplication that you should pray is there anything which is recommended before you make takbir and enter into the prayer Imam Ahmed ta'ala, said I do not know anything in this regard meaning I do not know anything authentic in this regard and the Shaykh mentioned Habib Allah Ta'ala that you have a statement of the Prophet Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam where the Prophet Sallallahu mentioned between the two between the two calls you have a prayer meaning between the Adhan and the Iqama so between the Adhan and the Iqama it is recommended that an individual prays but other than that what should the individual do after hearing the Adhan the individual should say similar to the Mu'addin when the Mu'addin says Allahu Akbar you know to the end of the Adhan the individual whether this person is in the masjid or whether this person is on the road and he hears the Adhan they should say similar to what is being said by the Mu'addin and likewise uh, or except when the individual hears Hayya ala salah Hayya ala falah Hayya ala falah the individual should say there is no might nor is there any change there is no change nor any might except by way of Allah Azawajal and what the individual is saying when he makes that statement is I am fulfilling the orders of my Lord I am fulfilling the orders of my Lord but I cannot do so except with the uh, except that Allah gives me the ability to do so so there is no change nor is there any might and ability except that Allah gives the individual the ability to do so. And the rest of the call to prayer, the rest of the adhan is said similar to the statement of the mu'adhan. And, and this was the statement of the Prophet wasallam. if you hear the mu'adhan, then say similar to him. Say that which is similar to what he is saying. And then you have the dua, uh, that the Prophet ﷺ said when you hear the Mu'addin say similar to what he is saying and then once you finish you should ask Allah Azawajal to give the Prophet ﷺ the Maqam Al-Mahmood the Maqam Al-Mahmood the praised uh, station or status and the Prophet ﷺ said and that's at the end of the Adhan uh, with the individual supplication to Allah Asking Allah Azawajal to give the Prophet Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam Allahumma Rabba Hadihi Da'wati Tamu Wa Salatul Qa'imah To the end of that supplication The Prophet Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam said Whoever asks Allah 
to give to grant his Prophet Muhammad sallallahu alaihi wasallam this position and this status, he will have the intercession of the Prophet sallallahu alaihi wasallam. And the Shaykh said, "Habibullah Taala, it is befitting for everyone to seek this great uh, intercession from the Prophet sallallahu alaihi wasallam." Then he mentioned the author, rahimahullah Taala, mentioned. Uh, that the imam should straighten the rows by the shoulders and the, the heels. And the Shaykh mentioned Habibullah Ta'ala, now this is uh, the responsibility of the imam. The imam should tell the people to straighten the rows. Uh, the imam should tell and instruct the people to straighten the rows. If individuals are in one row, they should not be, uh, you should not have individuals who are further out or further back if they are all in the same row. And the Shaykh said, how is this done? This is done by the people making sure when an individual is in the line of prayer, he should make sure that his shoulders are similar to the shoulders, meaning the, you know, the whether it's forward or backward, similar to the individual who, who is to his left or to his right. And likewise, he should make sure that his heels, he should make sure that his heels are touching the person to the left and to the right. And so by making sure the shoulders and the heels are straight, uh, on the same line, this is uh, the straightening of the rows. Then the author mentioned, Rahimahullah Ta'ala, that it is from the sunnah to, uh, or is highly recommended to um, complete the first row, uh, to give priority to the completion of the first row before starting the second row. And the Shaykh mentioned Habibullah Ta'ala, it is uh, upon the individuals that are present in the rows, or the, upon the individuals who are present in the masjid to, f to fill the first rows first. They should fill the gaps in the first rows. They should not uh, go to begin the second row unless the gaps in the first rows are filled. And the Shaykh Habib Allah Ta'ala mentioned the hadith where the Prophet said to his companions, should I not or will you not stand in the rows like the standing of the angels in front of their Lord? That was the statement of the Prophet will you not stand in the rows like the standing of the angels with their Lord? And then the Prophet mentioned, or the companion said, how do they stand? And the Prophet ﷺ mentioned that they fulfill the first rows first and they make their lines straight. They fulfill the first rows and they make their lines straight. So the Shaykh mentioned Habibullah Ta'ala. So it is not correct, nor is it accepted that, uh, or it is not befitting, one. He said it is not befitting that the second row is started and that there are individuals standing in the second row when there are still spaces in the first row. And he went on to say that the Prophet wasallam, as the author mentioned, that the people that are standing behind the Imam, they should be straight. And he said that the Prophet wasallam, used to order the individuals to be straight in the rows. And the Prophet wasallam, said to his companions that I can see the shayateen walking in between you. I can see Afwan Tarasu, Afwan. Uh, the Prophet ﷺ ordered the companions to be close together in the rows. He ordered the individuals that are praying side by side 
that they should uh, close the gaps between themselves, a tarasu, they should close the gaps. And the Prophet ﷺ, the Shaykh mentioned Habib Allah Ta'ala, that the Prophet ﷺ said, I can see the shayateen walking between you, like the, the goat or the sheep walks, uh, walks around. So this is informing that the individual should not leave any gaps between the, the people that are in the rows. They should make the, the shoulders close and they should make their, their heels close in order to not leave any gaps. And the Shaykh mentioned Habib Allah Ta'ala, it shouldn't be that the gap between the people is so large that if a person wanted to walk between you, it would be easy for them to walk in between you. This shouldn't be the case, but the individual should be uh, very close uh, uh, and, can, and uh, closing the gaps in between those who are praying. And then he mentioned Habib Allah Ta'ala, that if there is a gap, if there is a gap in between two people that are praying, this doesn't mean that the prayer is invalid, but it means that it, it, the person who has left the gap, uh, they have done something wrong, they have committed a, a wrong. And he also said if, the, if there is a space in the first row, and people begin to pray in the following row, it doesn't mean that the salat is batil, it doesn't mean that the salat is invalid, but it means that the action is incorrect. It means that the action is incorrect. And he also mentioned to show you the importance of straightening the rows and making sure that one's body is not protruding uh, beyond the others and the likes of that. He mentioned that it took place during the time of the Prophet ﷺ that he felt that the people had straightened their rows and everyone was uh, straight. And then he looked and he noticed that a man's chest was uh, further out than the others. Then the Prophet ﷺ said, straighten your rows. The Prophet ﷺ, when he saw that that individual's chest was, was uh, sticking out, the Prophet ﷺ said, straighten your rows, or Allah Azzawajal, or Allah Azzawajal would bring discord between your hearts. And the Shaykh mentioned that the Prophet ﷺ was very stern in ordering them to straighten their rows. And this is because of an individual is in opposition to the sunnah, then this would bring about opposition to, uh, this would bring about discord and opposition to enjoining upon good uh, and piety amongst the believers. This would bring discord amongst the believers in enjoining upon good and piety amongst them. Then the Shaykh mentioned Habib Allah Ta'ala, or the author mentioned uh, that the, the right role or the right side of the imam, or the right side of the row is better than the other side. And the shaykh mentioned Habib Allah Ta'ala Nam, so it's befitting that the people uh, try to come early and be in the right side of the imam. But this does not mean, this does not indicate that they should only fill the right side of the imam and the left side should be left without individuals who are praying. This is incorrect. The shaykh mentioned, for example, if there are 20 people on the, the, the right side of the imam, it doesn't mean that there shouldn't be anyone on the left side. No, you should try to make it even. So you should try to come early to be on the right side, but it doesn't mean you should abandon the left side. Then he also mentioned, and being close to the imam is better. Because of the statement of the Prophet ﷺ, those who should be, those who are behind me are the individuals who... Uh, are senior. And the Shaykh mentioned Habib Allah Ta'ala. So what is 
it doesn't mean that you should try to be up, you know, close to the imam and, you know, necessarily close to the imam. But what's intended by this is that you should try to get to the row early. You should try to get to the salat early so that you can be behind the imam or in the first row. And the statement of the Prophet ﷺ about the individuals who are behind him, this means that the individuals who are more senior and uh, experienced in the religion, these are the individuals that are behind the, the imam who is praying. And he said, and because of that, the companions of the Prophet ﷺ, they used to make the more senior companions behind the Prophet in the first row. And the individuals who were younger, they used to be in the second row or on the end. And if the individuals were very young, such as the children of the companions, they used to be in the third row and the lights. And then the author, Rahimahullah Ta'ala, went on to mention the خَيْرُ الصُّفُوفِ الرِّجَالِ أَوَّلُهَا وَشَهُوهَا آخِرُهَا The best rows of the men are the first rows and the, the least uh, in terms of reward and uh, it being recommended are the latter rows. And the Shaykh mentioned Habibullah Ta'ala, this in general is talking about the rows of the men. And if the rows are, if it's one or two or three, the best is that you are in the first rows or the rows which are closer to the Imam. And once again he said, it shouldn't be that a person goes to the second row or the third row, they should try their best to be in the first row, especially if there is space and gaps. If there are spaces and gaps, the person should go to the first row. And he mentioned that the person should be very diligent in obtaining the merits and the bounties. So a person should be very diligent and try his best, he should be very vigorous and try his best to be in the, the first rows. And when the statement of, uh, and when the Prophet said, and the worst are the latter rows, it doesn't mean that the latter rows are bad and the back rows are bad, but it means that they have less uh, merits and less rewards. They have less merits and they have less rewards. Then the Shaykh mentioned Allah Ta'ala, so with that being the case, it should be that an individual, uh, as long as there's, it should be that an individual comes early so that he can be in the closer rows to the Imam. And likewise, uh, if there is space in the, the, the first or the second, the individual should try to fill that gap. They shouldn't uh, suffice with being in the, the, latter, the latter rows. And then the Shaykh mentioned Habib Allah Ta'ala that a person should not be uh, negligent in obtaining that which should bring about happiness in this life and the next. And that is being in the first row or the earlier rows. This is very uh, important that an individual is, is diligent and vigorous in trying to uh, obtain that which will bring about uh, eternal happiness, you know, in terms of you know, in terms of Islam, and that's by being in the the, the closer rows to the Imam. And then the author, Rahimahullah Taala, mentioned about the the best rows for the women, and the Sheikh mentioned Habibullah Taala that the best rows for the women, uh, and this is specifically if the women are praying on the same musalla. If the women are praying on the same musalla as the as the, the the men, so if the women are praying on the same musalla as the imam, as the men, the women should pray in the latter rows. So it shouldn't be that if a woman uh, enters into a masjid and the the the, the 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 men are praying in the same musalla at the front of the masjid, 
It shouldn't be that the woman tried to pray in the first rows of the females. No. For the women, it's the opposite. The women should try to be in the latter rows if they are praying in the same musalla as the men. And the Shaykh mentioned Abi Bala Ta'ala, it's not, in, it's not uh, no one should understand uh, that the women should pray in the same rows as the, the men. No, that's not what it's intended because it is not permissible nor is it correct that a woman prays in the same row as the imam, as the, a man. But what is, what is intended is if a woman enters into a masjid and the females are praying on the same musalla as the, as the men, that the woman should try to pray at the back rows. She should try to pray at the back rows. It's not recommended for her to try to be close to the, the men. And the Shaykh mentioned Habib Allah Ta'ala, even if, he says, even if they're, for example, the women are praying in a row behind the imam, and there's two rows, مثلاً, and there's space in the first row. It is not recommended for a woman to fill that space in the first row. She should go to the back row. Because this, the Shaykh mentioned Habib Allah Ta'ala, because the, the, the voice of the woman is fitna. The voice of the woman is fitna. And the Prophet Sallallahu he mentioned that the women have been ordered to lower their voices and to stay away from the men. Even so much so, it took place that the Prophet Sallallahu informed the women that if the Imam makes a mistake in the prayer, the women should not uh, raise their voice and uh, make a tasbih. They should not say SubhanAllah, but they should clap their hands. This is because of the fitna of the voice of the women. And it took place on the time of the Prophet ﷺ that the Prophet made a mistake in prayer and the men began to clap. And at the end of the prayer, the Prophet ﷺ said to the, said to the men that verily clapping is for the women. Clapping is for the women and the men they should make tasbih. So this informs you that the salt of the, the, the voice of the woman is fitna and it affects the, the, the men who hears her. So this informs you that the women should be away from the men. So the best rows for the women are the latter rows. And the, the rows that have less merit for the women are the first rows. Then the Shaykh mentioned Habib Allah Ta'ala, or the, the author mentioned that the person, if they have the ability, they should say Allahu Akbar. They began their prayer by saying Allahu Akbar, that Allah is the greatest. And the Shaykh mentioned Habib Allah Ta'ala that this is if the person has the ability. This is if the person has the ability. And he mentioned uh, that the Prophet ﷺ mentioned this affair of the ability in Islam. When he said whoever has the ability to stand and pray, then he should do so. And if he doesn't have the ability to stand, then he should sit. And if he doesn't have the ability, then he should pray on his side. So this informs you that the actions of the prayer are based on the ability of the individual. Are based on the, the ability of the individual. And it likewise informs that if the individual has the ability to do something in the prayer, from the pillars and the likes, that the individual must do so. It is not permissible for a person to sit in the prayer method if he has the ability to stand and, and the likes. Then he said the statement, Allahu Akbar, Allah is the greatest. This is a subject and a predicate. This is a subject and a predicate. The person is saying that Allah is greater than everything and nothing is greater than Allah Azza wa Jal. And this took place that an individual who was a disbeliever during the time of the Prophet ﷺ, he was like he was, he had heard about Islam and he was running. He was always trying to avoid the Prophet ﷺ. And one day the Prophet ﷺ said to that individual, Adi bin Hatim al-Ta'i, 
Radiallahu he said to that individual, Why are you trying to divert? Or what is preventing you from saying Allah is the greatest? The Prophet said to this companion, to this companion, what is preventing you from saying Allah is the greatest? Do you know anything greater than Allah Azza So this is how the Prophet called that companion to Islam because he was trying to avoid the Prophet and he was trying to avoid entering into Islam. Then the author Rahimahullah Ta'ala mentioned that nothing else would uh, uh, would be accepted other than Allahu Akbar if the person has the ability to say it. So this is how an individual enters into the prayer. They say Allahu Akbar. They should not elongate Allah, nor, the, nor should they say Allahu Kabir. They shouldn't say any statement except what was mentioned by the Prophet Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam. Then the author said, and the wisdom in uh, commencing the prayer uh, with this statement is so that, that the individual can be conscious of the greatness of who he is standing in front of. And so that he can have uh, fear of Allah Azza And the Shaykh mentioned Habib Allah Ta'ala that the person should be conscious that he of the greatness of his Lord, of the greatness of the fact, no, of the greatness that he is standing in front of. He is standing in front of Allah Azza wa So he should be conscious and aware of this. He should have in mind that he is going to speak to his creator. And the one who controls the creation. He should have in mind that he is going to speak to Allah and call on Allah. He is speaking to who? He is speaking to his Lord. So this is the reason why the individual should begin by saying Allah is the greatest. Because he should have in mind that he is about to stand in front of his great Lord. And he's going to uh, praise Allah. And he's going to glorify Allah. And he's going to inform Allah that he is submitting to the orders of Allah Azza So if an individual has this in mind, that he's going to stand in front of Allah, He's going to speak to Allah. He's going to glorify Allah. He's going to praise Allah. Then the individual should have the proper etiquette with his Lord, Taala, and the individual should focus on the perfection in the worship. And by doing so, he brings about khushu'a. He brings about fear and consciousness of Allah Azza The individual is between hope and hope. The individual is between fear of Allah and hope from Allah. He gathers and combines between fear and hope from his Lord Taala. He has the desire to enter into the paradise of Allah. And he understands that this is the greatest bounty bestowed upon him. To enter the paradise of his Lord Taala. As Allah Taala says, فَمَنْ زُحْزِيهَا عَنِ النَّارِ وَأُدْخِلَ الْجِنَّةَ فَقَدْ so whoever is saved from the fire and enters into the paradise, this individual has succeeded. So the person should have this in mind, that he wants to obtain the greatest form of success, and that is to be saved from the fire and to enter into the paradise of Allah Azza So the individual should not say, when he opens and begins the prayer, he should not say, Allahu Akbar, because that's as if he's asking, is Allah the greatest? And the prayer is not correct if the individual does so. 
The individual should not invent anything when he begins the prayer. He should not invent any new statement. He should say exactly what was said by the Prophet ﷺ. He should not say Allahu Akbar or anything similar to that. No, he should say the exact statement of the Prophet ﷺ. If the end, if the individual does not say what was said by the Prophet ﷺ, the prayer is not correct. As for the individual who does not have the ability to speak, then the individual does so with, they make the intention to say Allahu Akbar because Allah does not hold an individual accountable for that which they don't have the ability to do. As it, um, as Allah mentioned in the Quran, فَاتَّقُوا مَسْتَطَعْتُمْ Fear Allah to the best of your ability. And as the Prophet said, that which I ordered you to do, then do it to the best of your ability. So if the individual does not have the ability to speak, then they should make the intention to enter into the prayer. So as long as the person has the ability, then they should act according to that ability. But if they don't have the ability, then they make the intention with their heart. And likewise, the recitation during the prayer. If the individual has the ability to recite with his tongue, then he does. But if he doesn't have the ability, then he does so with his heart. And uh, then the Shaykh mentioned Habib Allah Ta'ala. And likewise, uh, the movement during the prayer, going into the ruku' coming up from the ruku' if the individual has the ability to say the supplication, they should do so. If they don't have the ability, then they should make the intention with, the heart, with their heart. Then the Shaykh mentioned Habib Allah Ta'ala, the importance of uh, following the Imam, as the author mentioned, and it is upon the Imam to say Allahu Akbar, so that those who are following can hear. And he says, if the people, if the Imam says Allahu Akbar, and likewise when he goes into Ruku' and when he comes up from Ruku', if the people hear him, then they should move when they hear him. Uh, but if the Imam cannot be heard, if the voice of the Imam cannot be heard, but you can see the Imam, then upon him going into the position, then you go in to that position. As the Prophet ﷺ said, verily the Imam has been placed for you to follow him. So then the Prophet ﷺ said, so if he says Allahu Akbar, you say Allahu Akbar. If he says him, Allahu liman hamda, you follow him. So the Shaykh mentioned Habib Allah Ta'ala, so it is upon the people to wait to hear the Imam. But if they don't have the ability to hear the Imam, but they can see him, then they move into the position by seeing the Imam. And then, if the Imam says, Simi Allahu liman hamida, Allah hears the one who praises him, the people should come up and say, Rabbana walakal hamd. The people should say, Rabbana walakal hamd. And the Shaykh mentioned Habib Allah Ta'ala that when you're in the ruku' and when you're in the sujood, you should say the supplication and you should praise Allah Azza wa Jal. And you should keep in mind and be conscious of the fact that all good is from Allah. And no evil is uh, diverted from you except by way of Allah Azza wa Jal. So when you say, Simi Allahu liman hamida rabbana wa lakal hamd, O Allah, all praise is for you, you should keep this in mind. That Allah is the one to answer the dua. That all praise is for Allah Azza wa Jal. And this is the statement uh, for the Imam and the one who is following the one who is following the Imam. The Shaykh mentioned Afwan. The statement is for the Imam. Sami Allahu liman hamida. Rabbana wa lakal hamd. 
But as for the one who is following the Imam, they don't say Allahu liman hamida. They say Rabbana walakal hamd, or they say Allahumma Rabbana walakal hamd. All of these statements are uh, legislated for the one who is following the Imam. And the one who is following the Imam, they can also add to that statement, Allahumma Rabbana walakal hamd, hamdan kathiran tayyiban mubarakan fi, because there are authentic narrations in that regard. Then the Shaykh mentioned Habib Allah Ta'ala. This is in summary that which is pertaining to the beginning of the prayer, which is the greatest pillar of Islam. And the Shaykh mentioned Habib Allah Ta'ala that Salat is actually the second pillar of Islam, but it is also considered from the greatest pillars of Islam. Why? Because the Salat is not accepted, except that the individual says the Shahadatain. The Shahadatain, the two Shahadas, Bearing witness that there's no deity or declaring that there's no deity worthy of worship except Allah and Muhammad is his slave and messenger. This is also a part of the prayer. So with that being the case, it is considered from the greatest pillars of, of Islam. And then the Shaykh mentioned Habib Allah Ta'ala, the reason why we stop, we read a portion of the treaties and then we stop is so that we can benefit and clarify every particular point which is mentioned by the author. And so that we can be conscious uh, uh, and we can review the importance of uh, this particular uh, that which is being mentioned in the treaties which is the prayer and that we can keep in mind and reflect over who we are calling upon who is Allah Azza wa Jal for example when the individual says uh, Alhamdulillahi Rabbil Alameen you have it mentioned in the hadith of the Prophet Sallallahu that Allah Azza wa Jal says my servant has praised me Alhamdulillahi Rabbil Alameen Ar-Rahman Ar-Rahim My servant has glorified me My servant has praised me And then when the individual says Iyaka na'bud wa iyaka nasta'een Allah Azza wa Jal says This is between me and my servant And my servant would have that which he has requested So the reason The Shaykh mentioned the reason why we stop uh, Basically we read, we read a paragraph and we stop is So that we can focus and reflect upon And explain that which is being mentioned uh, as it relates to the prayer. And then he mentioned Habib Allah Ta'ala, so it is important that an individual has the raghba, they have the desire to, uh, to you know, perform this act of worship uh, precisely and correctly. They should have the desire to uh, please Allah Azza They should have the desire and the hope for the forgiveness from Allah Azza So that's why we stop at each particular uh, Point. And he mentioned that an individual does not, what should be the goal of the individual is not that a person wants to become a scholar and, un, you know, and the likes. But what's important is that an individual understands what is required of him in the religion. This is what is important, is that the individual understands what is required of him in the religion so that he can fulfill the orders and the obligations of his Lord to Barakah Ta'ala. And then the Shaykh mentioned Habib Allah Ta'ala, we ask Allah Azza for his mercy and we ask Allah Azza to forgive us and to forgive our children and we ask Allah Azza to assist the religion and we ask Allah Azza to protect us from all types of trials and tribulations. We ask Allah to glorify Islam and to assist Islam. And we ask Allah Azza wa to, to remove the calamities of the Muslims uh, all, in all parts of the world. And we ask Allah Azza wa to debase and to protect us from the, the, the plots of the enemies. And 
we asked Allah to show us his might in uh, punishing the enemies and the Shaykh mentioned we should understand that the enemies and the disbelievers they are not our brothers except that they enter into the fold of Islam except that they enter into the fold of Islam we should not feel uh, that if we do something to help them you know by assisting them financially and the likes of that we should not feel that they uh, are not our enemies but in fact they are our enemies as Allah mentioned and the Jews and the Christians would not be pleased with you until you follow their religion so we should understand and, and the statement of Allah uh, and Allah would not accept a religion other than Islam as Allah, as Allah mentioned uh, whoever comes with a religion other than Islam minhu, it would not be accepted from him so we should understand that these Jews and Christians, they are not our brothers and they are the enemies to Islam. And we should not say just because we give them some type of support or financial support that they are our brothers, they are not our brothers. And then the Shaykh mentioned Habib Allah Ta'ala. So we ask Allah Azawajal to protect us and we ask Allah to protect the religion. And we ask Allah Azawajal for this particular land. Uh, uh, Saudi Arabia that the, Allah protects it and He preserves the religion and the Shaykh mentioned Habib Allah Ta'ala it is upon us to understand this reality turning to Allah and seeking it, the assistance and the support and the strength from Allah for verily Allah is the one who protects us and verily Allah is the one who we should seek His, pre- His pleasure and we ask Allah Azawajal to uh, assist Islam in the East and in the West and we ask Allah to protect us from all forms of evil. Allah knows best wa sallallahu wa sallam wa baraka wa nabiyya Muhammad wa ala alihi wa sahbihi wa sallam taslimu kithiyah. يقول السائل أحسن الله إليك هل يجوز إغماض العينين أو النظر إلى غير موضع السجود إذا كان ذلك بقصد التركيز في الصلاة هذا قد يأتي بعض درس في شيء من هذا لكن لا يجوز أن يعمل الإنسان يغمض عينيه يرى أن هذا أفضل أو يصرف بصرة يملك ويسرة البصر النظر ينبغي أن يكون على موضع السجود لا يتجاوزه وإنما موضع السجود فما دون إلى موقفه ولا يجوز له أن يغمض عينيه لأن هذا لم يشرعه النبي صلى الله عليه وسلم وينبغي للمسلم أن يكون حافظا قول النبي صلى الله عليه وسلم من عمل عملا ليس عليه امرنا ففرد يعني مردود عليه لا اعتبار له ويجب له وان اعتقد ان هذا افضل صار اثما والذي لا اخبر انه يرى الصحابه وقال اني اراكم يعني في صلاتنا من ورائي 
فينبغي للمصلي ان يكون دائم فاتح العينين ويستحضر عظمه الله في هذا في مثل هذا الموقف في حال ركوعه في حال سجوده لان اقرب ما يكون العبد من ربه في حال سجوده Individuals asking, is it permissible for a person to close their eyes uh, while they're praying or to look at a place other than the place, uh, the spot of prostration? If they feel that this brings about greater focus in the prayer, the Shaykh mentioned Habib Allah Ta'ala, this is going to come with this affair of where does the person look while he's praying, this issue will come during the treaties. But the Shaykh mentioned it's not permissible for a person to close his eyes person should not close his eyes while he's praying, nor should the person look to the left or to the right. Rather, the individual should look at the, the place of the prostration. And once again, he said the person shouldn't close their eyes because the person should abide by the legislation of the Prophet ﷺ and they should keep in mind the statement of the Prophet ﷺ, whoever does an action which is in opposition or not in accordance with our affair, it is rejected. So that means the action of the individual is rejected and it is not uh, correct. And then the Shaykh said, Habib Allah Ta'ala, and if the person thinks that, if the person believes that closing your eyes is better, then this person has committed a sin. Because it wasn't done by the Prophet Wasallam. He said, did not the Prophet ﷺ say to his companions, Verily, I can see you from behind me. So this shows you that the Prophet ﷺ, his eyes were open. So the person should keep their eyes open, and the person should keep be conscious that he's standing in front of Allah And the person should understand that the ruku'ah, the bowing and the prostration, is the closest time that they are to their Lord. As the Prophet ﷺ said, the closest that an individual is to his Lord is when he's prostrating. يقول السائل هل يجوز المرور أمام المصلي الذي لم يتخذ سطرة إذا كان المار بعيدا عن المصلي؟ لا يجوز لا المار أن يمر بين يدي المصلي يعني ما بينه وبين موضع سجوده ولو لم يجعل سترة أما إذا وضع سترة أمامه ولو تجاوزت السترة موضع سجوده لا يحل المار أن يمر بين السترة وبين المصلي لكن إذا المار لم يجعل سترة ويمر المار وبينه وبين موضع سجوده فراغ لا يأثمه الذي قصر المصلي فلا شيء عليه. Individuals asking is it permissible for someone a passerby to walk in front of the person who is praying if that individual who is praying did not put a sutra a barrier in front of him even if the the one who, the passerby is far from the one who is praying the Sheikh mentioned Abi Balata is not permissible for the passerby to cross in front of the one who is praying in between him standing and the, the, the barrier that he has placed. But uh, if, the, if the individual has placed the barrier and if the individual has not placed the barrier 
then the individual has to walk from behind that area that the barrier would have been. So it is not permissible for an individual to walk in between if there is a barrier. And even if there is no barrier, it's not permissible for him to walk in that area. He has to walk from behind. And there's no sin upon him in doing so, uh, even if the individual has not placed a, a sutra, a barrier in front of him. يقول السائل إذا صلى الإمام خمسا سحوا فما حكم صلاة فما حكم صلاته وصلاة من خلفه إذا صلى خمسا ولم ينبهه أحد فصلاتهم صحيحة لكن الشخص الذي يعرف أنه قام للخامسة ويعرف أن الصلاة عدد أربع تبطل صلاته إذا قام بهذه الصفة وعليه أن يعيدها أما إذا صلى ولا يتصور شيئا من ذلك وإنما قام الإمام للرابع للخامسة فظن أن متابعة الإمام ولو أخطأ مثلا تجد فصلاتهم صحيحة five units of prayer by mistake and so what is the ruling uh, pertaining to his prayer and the prayer of the people that prayed behind him the Sheikh mentioned the Imam prays five units of prayer and no one corrected him uh, and, and the prayer has been completed then the Salat of the people is correct the Salat of the people is correct but if the people know and that's because the people were unconscious they, 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 they didn't know but if the people know that the imam has stood up for the fifth and they know that this action is wrong uh, and they followed him in it while knowing that the action is wrong then the salat is invalid and it is upon them to repeat but if it took place that the imam stood up for the fifth and the people followed him and no one was aware uh, and it never, he was never informed then the salat is correct and it is accepted وعليهم إذا ذكروا أو ذكر الإمام أو تفرقهم أن يسجد للسهو يكبر ويسجد سجدة فيل ثم يسلم ولا شيء عليهم ونفرض أن تفرقوا ولا علم أحد إلا فيما بعد فالصلاة صحيحة. And then he said if if later on uh, toward the end of the prayer or once the prayer was over if they remembered and they realized that they had prayed five then it is upon them to pray the prayer of pra- the, the prostration for forgetfulness, sujood al-sahu. So they, they pray, uh, they prostrate twice, and then they make, te- then they make taslim. This is if they realized at the end of the prayer. But if they have all dispersed from the masjid, they've left the masjid, and no one realized, then the salat is accepted. يقول هل على المصلي أن يتحرك عند سماعه الله أكبر أو سمع الله لمن حمده أو أو ينتظر حتى ينتهي صوت الإمام إذا بدأ إذا سمع الإمام يقول الله أكبر أو سمع الله لمن حمده يتهيأ لكن لا يسبق لا يسبق الإمام بالتكبير 
أو إذا قال سمع الله لمن حمده بادر المأموم ربنا لك الحمد مثلا لا ينبغي أن يكون مرتبا نفسه أن آخر كلمته تكون بعد آخر كلمته Individuals asking when a person hears the Imam uh, began the prayer or move uh, into the, during the units of the prayer, should they move as soon as they hear the Imam or should they wait? And the Shaykh mentioned Abi Bala Ta'ala, when the Imam says uh, Allahu Akbar or Sami Allahu Liman Hamida, moving between the units of the prayer, the person uh, should prepare to move, but they shouldn't uh, race and say it or move during the, the movement of the Imam. The person should prepare themselves so that as soon as they hear the Imam finish, Allahu Akbar, or Sami Allahu Liman Hamida, then they would do their movement. But they should not race uh, and move while the Imam is moving. يقول السائل إذا كان على يد الشخص أو على جسمه آثار الدحن فهل يؤخر الصلاة ولو خرجت ولو خرجت عن وقتها؟ عليه الدحن البوية إذا كان على يده أو ظهر قدمه وقدمه هذه الصبغة التي تمنع دخول الماء وصول الرطوبة والماء إلى البشرة فهو لا يصلي لا يبادر بازالتها لانها من موانع بلوغ الطهاره والذي قال لمن لم يضلع بالماء مواطن الوضوء ويل للاعقاب من النار يعني يزيله اما اذا كان الصبغه فقط اللون واما الجلد يصلها الماء فلا حرج Individuals asking if a person has paint on their, their body, on their skin, uh, does the person wait to get it off before they pray? And the Shaykh mentioned Abi Ta'ala, if a person has paint which prevents water from reaching the skin, then it's the person has to remove it before they pray. Before they pray. The person has to remove it before they pray. The Prophet said to the individuals who he felt uh, the water was not reaching every part of their the area of ablution. The Prophet said, Woe to the ankles from the hellfire. So this informs that the water has to reach every uh, portion of the, the place of ablution. Then the Shaykh said, Habib Allah Ta'ala, but if what remains of the paint is only the color, but the reality is, the, yani the color of the paint is there, but the, the water does reach the skin, then the person can pray. Because that, it's, it's not preventing, the color is not preventing the water from uh, reaching the skin. Yes, al an afdal sufuf nisa إذا كانت صلاة في مكان مستقل عن الرجال إذا كانت النساء في مكان معزول عن الرجال بسور فتقدمهم في الصفاف أما إذا كان مصلاهم داخل المسجد لا يفصلهن عن الرجال سور 
كما إذا صلت النساء في المسجد الحرام ولو كانت البقعة مخصصة لهن فالأفضل مؤخرة صف الصوف أما إذا كان يحصل بين النساء والرجال سور جذار فالصف المتقدم هو الأفضل. The prayer area of the women is separate, totally separate and isolated from the men. Then it is better that they pray in the first row, and it is better that they pray in the first row. But if the the prayer area of the of the females is on the same musalla as the men, and it is not separated, then it is better that they pray in the the back rows. For example, in Masjid Al Haram in Mecca. The women, they have uh, a designated area, but it's on the same musallah as the imam, but it's designated. He said, in this case, it's better that they pray in the back row. It's better that they pray in the back row. يقول السال كيف أصلي في الطائرة إذا بلغني أحد المسؤولين أن الصلاة في الطائرة أو أن الصلاة قائمة قائما في الطائرة ممنوع فكيف أؤدي الصلاة؟ النبي صلى الله عليه وسلم يقول صلي قائما فإن لم تستطع فقابل فإن لم تستطع فعلى جنب فإذا كان القيام في الطائرة ممتنع صلي قاعد ونفرض انه يصعب القعود يحتاج الناس الى ان يقولوا في وضع اخفض يؤدي الصلاه بالقدر الذي يستطيعه لان الله يقول فاتقوا الله ما استطعتم ونبيه يقول صلوات الله وسلامه عليه صلي قائما the individual is asking if I'm on the, the plane and uh, an individual responsible or one of the workers they inform me that it's not allowed to pray standing and what should I do and the shaykh mentioned Habib Allah Ta'ala the Prophet وسلم, say pray standing if you have the ability and if you don't then pray sitting and if you don't then and if you don't have the ability then pray on your side so Sheikh mentioned Habib Allah Ta'ala, so if you are on a, a plane, then you should try to pray standing, and if you can't, then you should pray sitting. But if you have the ability, for example, to remove or to move some of the chairs or something of that sort, then you should try to do so. You should try your best to pray uh, standing, but if you cannot do anything, remove anything, then you should pray sitting. As it was mentioned by Allah Azawajal, fear Allah to the best of your ability. And likewise, it was mentioned by the Prophet Wasallam, pray standing, and if you don't have the ability, then sitting, and if you don't have the ability, then on your side. يقول السائل كنت أصلي وراء وراء إمام يقول أكبر الله أكبر بمد الباب وننصحه بذلك 
وننصحهم بترك ذلك الخطأ ولكنه لم يتغير فما الحكم الصلاة وراء هذا الإمام ما مضى قبل سؤالك لا حرج عليك به ومن الآن لا تصلي خلفه مهدما يقول بهذا النص The individual is asking, uh, I used to pray behind the Imam who used to elongate the, the Ba and Akbar. So he used to say Akbar, and we advised him about this mistake, but he did not change. So the Shaykh mentioned Abi Allah Ta'ala, uh, that which preceded of your prayer behind him before you asking for this ruling, then it's accepted. But after you have heard the ruling, then you should not pray behind this individual who continues to long it. بين هذا وذاك لأن كلما وجد فراغ كان الشيطان أكثر عملا أنا بالأكثر من كان يرى الشيطان والشياطين كالحذف يعني كصغار الغنم كم رقم بين المصلين لقصدي التشويش عليهم وشغل أذهانهم عن هذه العبادة العظيمة لأن أشرف مقامات للإنسان في حياته وقوفه في الصلاة. The individual is asking the joining of the shoulders and the feet. Does this make it mandatory that they are touching? The Sheikh said it doesn't make it mandatory that they're touching, but what is intended is that there should not be any space between you and the one praying beside you. Because the more gaps, the greater the gap between you and the one who is praying beside you, the more the shaitan would try to influence and distract you. And he's trying to influence, influence you and distract you during this tremendous act of worship. Because the most or the greatest act of worship in terms of the actions that a person would do in his life, the life of the Muslim is the prayer. So the shaitan seeks to distract you during this act of tremendous act of worship. فإنه مخاطب بقول النبي صلى الله عليه وسلم إذا دخل أحدكم المجلس فلا يجلس حتى يصلي ركعتين ولو كان مسافرا لأن صلاة دخول المسجد ليست متعلقة بالصلوات الفرائض وإنما هي تحفظ تحية للمسجد when they enter into the masjid, do they have to pray the two units for reading the masjid, tahiyyat al-masjid? The Sheikh said, the individual who's a traveler and he enters into the masjid, the statement of the Prophet ﷺ, if one of you enters the masjid, then do not sit until he prays two units of prayer. 
this, this applies also to the traveler. Because him entering or him being a traveler has nothing to do with him entering into the masjid uh, and the likes. So the person should also, the traveler should also pray those units of prayer. السائل أحسن الله إليك ما نصيحتكم لبعض المأمومين الذين يجحرون بالأفكار أثناء الصلاة حتى يشوشون أو حتى يشوشون على الآخرين لا يجوز للإنسان أن يضايق إخوانه في صلاتهم أفضل الكلام كلام الله جل وعلا القرآن إن قرأ القرآن هو أفضل الكلام ولو كانت الأذكار أيضا لها فضلها لكن القرآن هو أشرف الكلام لا يجوز للمصلي أن يرفع صلاته بالقراءة ومن يصلي معه يسمع فيشوش عليه بالقراءة ويلبس قراءته ومن باب أولى لا يجهر بالأذكار في الركوع سبحان ربي العظيم سبحان ربي العظيم سبحانك اللهم وبحمدك اللهم اغفر لي وفي السجود وفي الرفع من الركوع وفي الجلسه بين السجدتين لا يجوز ان يرفع صوته بالقدر الذي يشوش على من يكون بجانبه لانه المفروض لا ضرر ولا ضرار لا تضار احد في صلاتك. Individuals asking the individuals asking what is your advice for individuals who pray and they they raise their voice with the supplications. Uh, this causes harm upon those who are praying beside them. The Sheikh Mishnah is not permissible for a person to harm his brothers that are praying with him. He said, even the best of speech, which is the speech of Allah Azawajal, the Quran. And with that, it is not permissible for a person who is praying to raise his voice to the extent that he's harming uh, and confusing others who are pray- praying with him. And likewise, during the bowing and the prostration, it's not permissible for a person to raise his voice in supplication so that he harms others who are praying beside them as the Prophet ﷺ mentioned, there's no harm from the person nor should the person be harmed. يقول السائل أحسن الله إليك لما يسمع لما يسمع المسلم المؤذن يقول لصلاة الفجر الصلاة خير من النوم الصلاة خير من النوم هل يقرر هذا السامع السامع نعم يقول كما يقول المؤذن الصلاة خير من النوم لأن النبي صلى الله عليه وسلم لما وجه الناس بأن يقولوا كما يقول المؤذن يقولوا كما يقول فإذا قال حي على الصلاة قولوا لا حول ولا قوة إلا بالله ولم يقل إذا قال الصلاة خير قولوا لا حول ولا قوة إلا بالله فمعناه داخل في اللفظتان الصلاة خير من النوم إلى آخره 
داخل في قوله كما يقول السلام عليكم individuals asking when you hear the muaddin say for the salat al fajr prayer is better than sleep should you say similar to what he said he said yes because the prophet sallallahu alaihi wasallam when the people when he instructed the people to say uh, when they hear the muaddin say uh, come to success come to prayer he told them specifically what to say differently he told them specifically what to say differently la hawla wa la quwwata illa billah but when the prophet sallallahu alaihi taught them the adhan for salat al-fajr he didn't tell them anything different to say so this falls under his statement say what the muaddin is saying يقول السؤال ما هو السبب ما سبب فضيلة يمنة الصف كل الصف اليمين في كل الأمور الله لما ذكر فائزين ذكر أن فائزين أهل اليمين وأهل الشمال وما إلى آخره أولئك الضائعون فيمنة الصف أفضل لكن بالقدر الذي لا يخل بشمال الصف ايسر الصف حتى لا يكون فيه احد حتى الذي في تصرفه يعجبه التيمن اي اخذ اليمين في مناولته وتناوله وفي دخول المسجد وامثال ذلك. Individuals asking what's the, the wisdom behind the, the right side of the row being uh, having greater merit. And the Shaykh mentioned Habibullah Ta'ala, the right in, in all affairs is recommended, all affairs of good. For example, when Allah Azzawajal mentioned those who are successful, Ashab al-Yameen, Allah mentioned those who, the people of the right. And those who are on the left, those are destroyed and deviated, they have deviated. So the right side of the, the road is preferred, but it doesn't mean that the left side should be void without anyone standing there. And the Prophet ﷺ, likewise in the actions of the Prophet ﷺ, is giving and taking, is grabbing things and giving things. He used to use his right and likewise entering into the masjid and the likes. The brothers at the back. يسأل عن الفحص الطبي لسرطان الأمعاء 
يبي يسال الشيخ يسال عن هل ممكن ان المشايخ يفتون يستحسن او يستحب انه يسوي الاجراء فحص الطبي؟ يعني هل ممكن خطيب الجمعه يقول للمصلين ترى مرض السرطان يؤدي الى الموت كثيرا فالان في برا في اجراء فحص طبي افحصوا او لا؟ نعم. إيه؟ عنده اسئله يعني اذا كان بس اذا كانت كثيره لعلك لا تريد الجواب بالكتابه هو بناخذه هو بنحاول نسجل مع تسجيل صوتي يزين ثم نعاد يفرغ له. لكن هذا الدكتور عمر هو مقيم في السعودية وهو اللي بيترجم يعني بخصوص مرحبا بالتقى مع الله أولا نحمد الله جل وعلا على ما يسر من اللقاء وما حصل من اجتماع وما حصل من أسئلة أرجو الله أن يكون جوابي جوابا صحيحا فهنيئا لنا جميعا وأسأل الله جل وعلا أن يجعل عملنا خالصا لوجهه نافعا لنا في الدنيا والآخرة وأن يبارك لنا في أعمالنا وأعمالنا وما أعطانا أتانا من أهل ومال وولد وعمل كما أسأل جل وعلا أن يوفقنا جميعا لما يحبنا وأسأل الله بأسمائه وصفاته أن يعاجل المظلومين من المسلمين بالفرج وأن ينصر أهل الحق على أهل الباطل وأن يرينا عاجل غير عاجل انتصار المؤمنين على الكافرين والمنافقين أسأله جل وعلا أن يكشف القربة والعمة والبلايا المتلاحقة في سوريا وأن يكشف أيضا ما يكون يحصل في شرق البلاد الإسلامية بلاد الأركان وغيرها من البوذيين وغيرهم وأن يرسي الفتن القائمة والمتحركة والمشتعلة في مصر وليبيا وجزء منها في نيجيريا وما حصل في السودان وما حصل في العراق وتمدد الشيعة الراكضة في تلك البلاد أسأل الله جل وعلا أن يكشف هذه الغمة من جميع تلك البلدان وكذلك أن يصلح حال المسلمين في كل مكان وفي اليمن نساله جل وعلا ان يطفي الفتنه وينصر على الحق على اهل الباطل وان لا يحقق في اليمن ايضا انتصارا لطهران واهلها وقد يكون على اجتماعنا هذا في هذا الفصل حسب ما قد يكون مطلوب هذا اليوم يكون هو اخر دروس الى ما بعد عقدة نصف السنة وأرجو الله أنها ما تطول يعني يسرني أن نلتقي ثم نصيحتي للجميع بالنسبة لهذا الكتاب أن يحرص الواحد على قراءته مرة بعد مرة لأنه يتعلق بهذه العبادة العظيمة السماوات الخمس وسيأتي إن شاء الله تفصيل وتفاصيل نرجو الله ان ينفعنا بها جميعا لكني انصح الجميع كل من وجد شيئا من القراءه 
أن يعيد النظر فيما سمق وخرق وإذا عن له السؤال يتعلق بنفس هذه العبادة وما يتعلق بها يقلبه حتى يكون بأكثر عبارة وأشمل عبارة اللهم يا حي يا قيوم عاملنا بعفوك واستعملنا جميعا بطاعتك وأصلحنا وأصلح بلادنا في كل مكان واحفظ هذه الدولة البلاد المملكة احفظها وارسلها عمن يريد أن يزرع فيها فتن أو يدخل فيها مخالفات واجعلها قدوة صالحة للأمة الإسلامية في كل مكان وصدها عن كل ما لا يتفق مع آداب ديننا وعقيدتنا وأخلاقنا الإسلامية وفقنا جميعا لحسن الاقتداء بسمة محمد صلى الله عليه وسلم وآخر دعوانا أن الحمد لله رب العالمين صلى الله على نبينا محمد وآله وصحبه وسلم تسليما كثيرا. الشيخ حفيظ الله تعالى فيز الله for allowing us to meet and praise Allah عز وجل for allowing us to give this explanation and to answer these questions. And he prayed, supplicated to Allah to make his answers correct. And ask Allah to make our deeds sincerely for his face, to benefit us in this life and the next. And ask Allah to bless us in our actions and our wealth and our children and family members. We ask Allah by his names and attributes to give ease to the Muslims in all parts of the world and to assist the good. We ask Allah to support the believers and give them victory over the disbelievers. We ask Allah to remove the hardship which is afflicted the Muslims in Syria and in other places. We ask Allah to uh, bring ease to them, the fitna which is present and spreading in Egypt and in Libya and in Nigeria and Sudan and in Iraq. We ask Allah to remove the harm. We ask Allah to give ease to the Muslims of Yemen. We ask Allah to allow them to, uh, to, to assist them in uh, overcoming their enemy. And then the Shaykh mentioned Abi Taala, this would be the last lesson that we have for this term, the first term of this academic year. And until after the mid-term or the mid-year vacation, and he said, I, I hope that it is short because verily I, it delights me to meet with you. And I advise, he said, I advise you to read that which we've discussed already uh, because it is pertaining to the greatest actions or the greatest act of worship. So every time I advise you, every time you have some free time to, to look at the explanation, to look at the book, and uh, if you have any, or try to, to try to make a summary of what you've benefited from it. Then he supplicated, we ask Allah Azza wa Jal to pardon us for our wrong deeds, and we ask Allah Azza wa Jal to use us in His obedience, and we ask Allah to rectify the affairs of the Muslims, and we ask Allah Azza wa Jal to protect this particular land, Saudi Arabia, and we ask Allah to protect it from all calamities and harm, and anyone who tries to uh, bring about opposition within it, we ask Allah to cut off the path from those individuals, and we ask Allah Azza wa Jal to allow them to implement, or to allow them to deter anything which is in opposition to the religion, and to the Islamic character. And we ask Allah Azza wa Jal to allow us to have 
correct adherence to the sunnah of the Prophet wasallam and our last supplication, all praise be to Allah, the Lord of the worlds, and may the peace and blessings of Allah be upon Muhammad wasallam and his family and companions.